Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Think Compliance. Join us today as we discuss the importance of reporting to the Board of Directors. Hello, and welcome to Think Compliance, brought to you by Compliatric and Amon Salim. My name is Dagmar Austin. Happy to be co-hosting this podcast with you, Ahmed. How's it going? Hi, Dagmar. Doing well. It's a good Friday for another podcast. Pretty exciting uh, news that we got, uh, I think, last week that we were nominated for uh, one of the 20 best compliance podcasts of 2021. Yeah, that's exciting. It was uh, it's great. If you guys uh, want to check it out, I think Dagmar has it linked on her LinkedIn. Yeah, and I can post a, um, a link on this uh, podcast details as well. Um, what are we talking about today? Let's talk about reporting to the board of directors. It's a question I see a lot. It's usually a topic at every conference you go to, and I think people have a lot of uh, questions about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Why is it important uh, reporting to the board? Well, let's just take it back to kind of the basics and the fundamentals, right? So. When the government looks at the components of an effective compliance program, right, element one, we talk about this concept of oversight, right? So essentially, someone in compliance, the compliance officer, whoever leads your program, should have two dotted lines if they don't report directly to the CEO and a dotted line to the board of directors. Uh, It's important that there is that dotted line from your compliance officer to the board directors in case they have reported concerns to their direct supervisor, to the CEO, and they've fallen on deaf ears. The board of directors is typically the last drop before you have to then go ahead and report it to the government. What are the elements or um, what's involved in reporting to a board, to your board? So, you know, depending on your organization and kind of the, the robustness of your compliance program, uh, you know, typically compliance officers will report to their board of directors quarterly. Give them an update, right? Typically it's say, this is how many cases we've gotten, right? Or here are the high level cases we've gotten, you know, just to put on your radar. Um, that's, that's pretty average that I've seen in most organizations. Oftentimes there's ad hoc reports, right? You have to go to the board because there is a major issue that's going on and you want to alert them, you want to make them aware that there could be a um, you know, big fallout coming from a governmental investigation. Um, so that's, that's kind of what you want to focus on first. And there's a lot to unpack there, right? So uh, let's kind of first look at the quarterly reporting. If you do it monthly, quarterly, biannually, annually, whatever the case may be, right? What are you, what are you going to be reporting? Um, so, Dagmar, in this case, I think you, you step back and you look at, and we've talked about this before with compliance committees, is a dashboard, right? What's the best way to communicate the information your program has concisely and succinctly in like a slide or two to report quarterly that encompasses everything your program has done in those three months? And I think that's a, a great foundation and starting point to report to the board. So everything that you've done in your compliance program, you know, for that time period, meaning like incidents that were handled, um, you know, and terminations, any turnover, 
uh, any policy violations, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you'll probably get, depending on your organization, five to 15 minutes, right? I don't, I don't know many organizations where the compliance officer gets more than 15 minutes, but you wanna keep it high level, right? The high important stuff, um, but definitely make sure that uh, you are giving that summary, right? So let's just say you had 40 hotline cases, you had three audits, um, and you had a big government, uh, you know, overpayment you had to do, right? You create a dashboard that kind of outlines the type of issues you've gotten, how you've received them, any follow-up, right? Like the statistical breakdown, and you can put that together in great, um, great charts utilizing, you know, Excel and kind of making it a visual representation. Um, and then also, like I said, the added additional information of like the high-level important stuff issues that may have arose in the quarter. One thing my clients have been bringing up lately uh, regarding incidents is, you know, they, they've been requesting in our product um, a functionality to determine whether an incident is reportable to the board or not. How, what makes an incident, for instance, reportable to the board? And, you know, why wouldn't you just report all, you know, incidents to them? That's a great question. So obviously, whatever algorithm you develop in your software is going to be subjective, right? Um, depending on your organization, there's some categories that some individuals may say may rise up to the level of the board of directors and some may not, right? So uh, a good example is uh, you identify an overpayment and you conduct an audit and realize that you have to pay $20,000 back um, you know, to a Mac for an overpayment. I know in some organizations, $20,000 isn't enough to go report it to the board of directors, but in some organizations that may be smaller, that, that may be big enough to say, hey, uh, FYI, we identified a $20,000 overpayment and we now have to cut a $20,000 check. Um, so I think it's just the different, um, like I said, algorithms and components that are made up into this risk factor that um, you know, you're speaking of. Um, and then essentially just determining, okay, if the components of the risk factor equal a high level, then it would go to the board of directors. And that would be broken down individually for each organization on how they feel comfortable and what, what they feel needs to go to the board and what they feel doesn't need to go to the board. And what is, you know, what do members of, uh, of a board, what do they actually do with the information? Do they just like give advice? Um, do they make, you know, big policy decisions? Uh, how do they handle that information and how does that, that get back down to the organization? Yeah, I mean, once again, depends on your board, but let's just say for for-profit boards, right? They're essentially the CEO's boss. They essentially drive a lot of what goes on. So let's say you're in an organization where the CEO doesn't believe in compliance, right? But you, you start reporting and you start getting buy-in from the board of directors, that could change the culture. Um, you know, if you're identifying some really big issues that are, you know, resulting in the government interaction, right, the board of directors is going to really drive the resources and ensuring like the importance of, you know, the department getting what they need to, to kind of resolve. Um, and then some it's informational and providing guidance, but not really making decision making. So once again, it comes down to your organization. But at the end of the day, you know, if something is high risk, and not being addressed, the board of directors are responsible for ensuring that, like, if they're the last stop and no one else is listening, compliance officer, it's their duty to ensure that stuff gets done, right? So 
if a if a inquiry comes in, allegation, and it's being ignored, and compliance then takes it to the board, the board should really focus its efforts to ensure that it's it's being followed up on. Um, and you know, if they don't, right, what's the next next step is really for the compliance professional to take it outside the organization. Um, and that's what board of directors are really well versed on and understand that they don't want to get to the point where someone feels like there's no other avenues and they have to take it outside. So when you say take it outside, you know, what are you talking about? Sorry, Dagmar, you know me and my, uh, my, my terms. <laughs> when I mean take it outside, I mean take it straight to the government and report, right? You're talking about a whistleblower, key Tim. Um, you know, no one in, in-house has decided to do anything, so I need to take it to, um, you know, the government, and hopefully it gets taken care of because as a compliance officer, if I don't say anything, I'm not going to be held liable for something because I can't speak up because everyone in my organization has said no. My last stop is the government, and I'm protecting myself to ensure that I am not going to be held liable for not taking it any further. I know you always have a some good stories. Do you have any uh, juicy details about an, an incident or something that happened to past organizations where you had to take it to the government? Well, um, I will say, I will say that I, I don't have any personal experience, thankfully, where I've had to gone, uh, where I have to go to the government. I have read plenty of, you know, cases. I've read plenty of, you know, uh, issues that resulted in corporate integrity agreements. I will say that there was one situation where I was hearing someone speak where, um, you know, they were in this specific instance and they felt like they had a very good, strong program. They felt they had a very good relationship with their CEO. And when they brought this issue, the CEO, that was a, a really big, really big issue, right? We're talking about um, potential inducement issues for this organization that were highlighted and, um, you know, ongoing and kind of not slowing down. The CEO knew what was going on, understood it, felt like it was best for the business and kind of prevented the compliance officer from doing anything. Well, the way they had to tell is they, they went to the board and the board shared the opinion and they did not take it outside. Um, you know, when the government finally did, when the final, government intervened, the CEO was arrested um, board members were let go. The compliance professional was replaced. Um, so it's one of those situations where the government's kind of put this process in place to protect us and our organization. And, you know, it's easy for me to sit here on a podcast and say, well, if the board doesn't listen, you got to take it to the government. In practice, it's difficult to kind of go against it. It's your job. It's your livelihood. But we have these safeguards in place to ensure like our organizations are being ethical. So, um, you know, it's important. Right, um, reporting to the board on an ad hoc basis when you identify a major issue is important. Reporting to the board on a quarterly basis to make sure they understand what's going on in your program is important because that builds a culture. Right, they, the board will kind of drive the buy-in from senior leadership because they're speaking about compliance. Right, so it can never be understated the importance of the board of director involvement. Yeah, it kind of sounds like your our governmental, you know, checks and balances systems with the with the three branches, you know, always making sure uh, we're checking each other. Yeah, I mean, I always say it's interesting that the government comes out in healthcare and life sciences about a compliance program, 
right, and expects organizations to have a compliance program that's internal, right? Because essentially you're saying to do something but not really giving resources to. And I, I truly do believe that the government made kind of a government position in organizations that was more compliance related, right? You'd have really effective programs, right? Now you're reporting straight to the government. Um, and that's a completely separate topic, but essentially, um, you know, you're giving power to compliance, which I think in a lot of organizations, and I've, I've suffered this myself, you, you know, some people are in an organization where you're kind of just, you kind of feel like you're just going through the motions and there's really no buy-in and you wonder what it's all for. Um, you know, and if you're in those situations, obviously the best thing is to try to fix it if it doesn't get fixed. Um, you know, report any issues, but then try to get out because it's it's stressful and it's not it's not the best thing. And you know, reporting to the board is a great way to kind of help alleviate some of your stresses. Well, as always, this was uh, an informative deep dive. Thanks for uh, thanks for always sharing your wisdom, Emmett. I love learning all this stuff from you. Yeah, no, it's fun. Um, you know, board of director reporting is very very subjective. But if anyone has questions, like this is a type of topic, you know, I'd be willing to connect with and anyone. I'm available on LinkedIn. Dagmar's available on LinkedIn. Reach out. Um, you know, we can never understate the importance of you know truly reporting to your board of directors. Thank you all for listening uh, and joining us today on Think Compliance. Please join us for our next podcast. You can reach us on Twitter, at Think Comply, and. Um, I'll put uh, our email addresses in the details of this podcast if you do want to reach out to Ahmed um, and connect and get some more information. So thanks, Ahmed. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Akbar. Exactly.